This episode of After the Show is brought to you by Odyssey. Odyssey are makers of headphones for gamers and audiophiles alike. You can check them out on www.audeze.com. That's www.audeze.com. You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello everybody, hello Sitok. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? <laughs> You're pretending like you haven't seen me all day, but that's great. Are, you, are we pretending? Yes. I'm great. How are you? Very good. Thank you. So nice to greet you on this fine afternoon for the first time. Oh, wait. No, it's not. That's a lie. It's a lie. We're lying. Thank you very much <laughs> to you. What's the before the after the show discussion? Uh, well, it was this movie and like big ideas about everything to do with this movie and humanity and um it's kind of heavy kind of heavy stuff all right so it is saturday september the 18th this is after the show or a is movie this the 18th or the 19th oh. i'm just the saying 19th. it's the 19th all right let me correct this okay <laughs> it's do saturday. we have to start over it's saturday september the 19th this Beautiful. is after the show. We're a movie review podcast, and the movie we are looking at on our 652nd episode is Antebellum. It's a 2020 movie. It's actually available now on video on demand. It would be in theaters today, but the global pandemic caused it not to be. So you can rent it on. Yeah, if you're just listening to this randomly in about like in the year 2147 or something, and you're like, what are they talking about? Go back and do a little research about the year 2020. Correct. You'll find out about the pandemic, and there you, you'll you'll know everything you need to know. Essentially, cinemas are not a thing at the moment. And if you invent a time machine, come back and tell us how it ends, just so we know. Spoiler. Give us some spoilers on this one. That'd be interesting. So you can go to all the uh, digital platforms and rent this on VOD. Uh, it's rated R, and it's definitely an R-rated movie. And it's for our, our friends at Lionsgate, who I find and always willing to take a chance on movies. I said to you, they're one of my favorite A24, Lionsgate. They're kind of, you know, take a chance on stuff that might be controversial or, you know. Mm-hmm. They seem to be. All right, so um, the movie Antebellum. Uh, what did you think of this movie, Sid Talk? Are we going to spoil everything? I think we should spoil everything, so up front. Okay, because we went into this knowing absolutely nothing, not even what the word antebellum meant. And until we looked that up, I think after we were into the movie even, uh, we didn't know. So we'll spoil that right away. So it kind of clues you in a little bit. It just means the period in time before the Civil War. Yeah, actually before the Civil War or before wars in general, but this, it's, it's associated with the Civil War more. But it can be used. And in this case, definitely. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know. Did did you know anything about this? Nothing. Movie? I didn't know. Not anything even at seen all. that poster. Nope. 
I was happily, I mean, I shouldn't say happily about this particular movie that's the idea it's presenting, but not knowing anything made it just like happen right in front of my every single thing. I had no clue who was in it, what it was about, any of the little, um, you know, I shouldn't say little, the twist or whatever, none of that. Yeah, so um, go and watch this movie and then come back and listen to <laughs> us because we will spoil it. I think it's more interesting to talk about if we can talk about the entire thing. I agree. So um, Antebellum is, what type of movie is it, Sitok? Um, For me, it's just a drama. What but type it's of movie did you think it was going into it? Horror movie, but it is horror in the sense that it's horrific what people are put through. And we kind of associate horror movies with like a guy with a knife or a chainsaw or, you know, something like that. But that's not the actual most horrible thing in the world. It's the ideas that get people to do terrible things to real live people. That's more horrible and horrific. So I think it's a horror drama. Mm -hmm. Now, when it opens... It's, pre- it's presented in this really... I think it looks lovely, this movie, in this um, one-shot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. With this awesome score, by the way. I think I don't know if the score was designed for this movie or it's a piece of classical music in, on its own. You know, but I think it really made it feel more dramatic. Mm-hmm. So it opens on this uh, plantation back in the Civil War. Did it say what year it was? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, what year it was? Well, this, we're going to spoil, but I'm saying before. So it starts off legitimately, and we were thinking it's a horror movie. I don't know why we both thought it was a horror movie. I think Maybe just the cover. The cover just has like her, like her face with a butterfly over it, and off. a fearful look on her face. Right? Yeah, it looked, you know. But then it starts to unfold, and you realize, oh, it's actually the like a slavery story, and. It's played out like a slavery story. And then you're like, okay. I kept thinking. And the idea that's happening is there are slaves on this plantation, including this uh, woman and a couple of other people who are basically planning, without them having to say much, an escape of some kind. Like, to get off. Because we start off with that, and then, of course, everybody gets punished because, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of where you start. Like, oh, it's an uprising of some kind on this particular plantation, and... That's where you start. It's pretty brutal and graphic oh God, at yeah. the beginning. And uh, I was like, Very. okay. So it's, we're looking at a slavery movie. But then about, well, exactly 40 minutes yeah. into the movie, after you've been getting to know these slaves and these assholes, you were... You hear of you actually thought it was your own cell I phone. I did. I really thought it was my cell phone. There's a noise of a cell phone. You know that buzzing noise when your cell phone's on the table and it's on buzz, on, you know, vibrate? That noise happens. And then you see the lady we've been following this entire 40-minute story with, the slave lady, wake up in modern day in her bed. And she's, you know, I my mind instantly went to Oh, she's a descendant of... Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought, too. And I was like, okay, so now we're perhaps going to see parallels to how this lady was and what happened with this lady to this modern-day lady. And the effects, even generations later. That's exactly what I thought. And then it does start to... It does that, too, doesn't it? We're going along in our daily life, and you can see some... Yeah. 
you know, prejudice. She's a, she's a, she's known. She's an author. She's on news panels and whatnot. So she's known. People know her. She's, I don't know, famous. They don't really try to reflect how famous she might be, but people recognize her. She's a known figure because she's on the news when her family's actually watching her on like a CNN channel talking. Yeah. And um, she's written a book. She even describes as like the seeds of a revolution that, you know, it's long enough for black people to have been putting up with and whatnot. And that's kind of the theme that we get from her life. And I kept thinking, okay, yes, she's been taught because her ancestors were slaves. Those that's who we saw. And now she's, you know, turning it around or trying to, you know, yeah, whatever is going to happen. And that's totally how the movie feels. Yeah. And, then, and then you see in a day to day life, she's with her friends that there's prejudice because she's a black person. Correct. And you just small things here and there, but, you you know it keeps happening like and you're like yeah you know the ripples of slavery as still to this day you know i mean we don't know i mean you can't really quantify that but it seems like that's a what connection. the filmmakers are definitely yeah. trying to pinpoint that like. the idea that at any point in your history of a nation or anything any group of any kind where you have decided one group is elevated and one group is lesser at any point it's like an idea that will not go away. Like it is deep seated. It's one of those deeply rooted, you, no matter how much you pick at it and pull at it and pull it out, if there's even a grain of it left in there, it continues on and on and on. And I think that was, that's like the theme of it to me. But then, um, as we're going through her day to day life, she's go to this conference and then she is. You know, she's out to dinner with her friends and then she's kidnapped. And then the next thing we see is the lady from the beginning in slave, the slave plantation. And we realize that, no, this is modern day. Yep. It's a modern day slave plantation. And I I likened it to you to kind of like Westworld, a fantasy um, fulfillment bullshit place. It felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And she is the same person that you watch for 40 minutes at the beginning. It's not an ancestor. It's her. And that's the big twist. And people have likened it to the village with um, M. Night Shyamalan's movie. It's not about slavery, but it has that kind of twist. Sorry for spoiling a 20-year-old movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it has that twist. Did that twist work for you? Did you see it coming? Did you? I did not see it coming. And yes, it worked for me totally because... My interpretation of that is it's very easy for us hundreds, even thousands of years after, or even as soon as like 200 years ago, right? 250 years ago, remove ourselves from the idea. And I I can't argue that it doesn't happen now. So I'm not dismissing that either, but that somebody is living their life somewhere on this planet doing whatever they're doing, gathering food, having a celebration, living their life, raising children, you know, doing their traditions, and someone else comes along, removes them from their life, and enslaves them, right? That's like, (laughs) I still can't get my head around this. I can't get my head around that. Yeah, And so it's easy to dismiss it in a way because it's so long ago like we know no one who's i know no one who's physically had that happen to them right not even my grandparents i'm a great grandparents so it's easy 
it's easier to kind of, as people do, roll their eyes and go, okay, 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 so it happened. Let's all get over it. But if you put it in now, if someone would walk in this room right now, hold a gun to your head and drag me out and take me off somewhere and enslave me for the remainder of my life, right? That's essentially what we're doing. That's all the, that's the exact same thing that happened to every single person, human being, who has been and ever was removed from their life and enslaved by someone who thought they were superior to that other human being. Yeah. That, yeah, that's... Ugh. So this movie, that is that is the whole... Yeah, exactly. It. That you're bringing it into like the now, where it's like, oh, if this was happening now, would it be easy for you to say, oh, everybody just get over it? And it's not a complicated story. It's It's actually very straightforward mm-hmm. it won't lose you at any point like you'll there's just a moment of time there's the big twist moment which is like an m night Shyamalan style twist where you will go oh what like it's confusing then, it's confusing but then you know that's it's okay well it isn't confusing and until you i mean one it doles out the information slowly but then once it doles it out you know what's happening it's not a super complicated, polluted thing. It's, well, from some of those reviews you read, people were very confused. No, I, I, yeah, I saw that, but no, I it's it's a straight line basically. But you, you know, you get to know the stuff as it goes along, and it has a villainess and a villain, and there's some villainess. Interesting revenge, obviously, because that's the kind of story it is, and it's. I think it's. You know, some people are saying, like, I was re- just reading stories about this movie. It only came out yesterday, but people in the press have got onto it and saying that it's, like, terrible and it's, like, exploiting the slavery. You know, I don't agree with that, really, because we've had stories told before. Well, Django Unchained is a... What, well, and he also got a bunch of shit for that. Yeah. Because you're using something that you're not necessarily impacted by. I don't know that for a fact in his life, but using it as a dramatic tool. Now people are regardless saying, of the story you're telling, you can always say that about you could say that about any of the terrible things that are reflected in stories. You could say that about pedophilia and about rape and about everything that you're using that horrible thing that happened to a person for your own benefit, because now you're making a story and you're making money and you're getting attention for it when actually there are real people suffering because of that. So I think that can apply to a lot of things. So what I was reading was people were saying, um, you know, reviewers and stuff were saying that you shouldn't use this for a horror movie, which I don't agree it's a horror movie for, firstly anyway. And they all keep saying horror genre, horror genre. I don't really think it is. I think it's... We watched a movie called The Hunt this year, you know, which which mm-hmm. kicked up a big storm of controversy also. I don't see that as a horror movie either. More right, of but a, you're kind of going that traditional route, like I said. We've just got in our minds that you have to be some sort of like Jason Voorhees or right. something to be a horror movie, when in fact, what are we actually talking about in the horror? What's horrific, right? This is horrific. And this is from the producers of Get Out and Us, and it definitely fits in that genre, doesn't it? It's a new genre. It's a socially... Has it got a name, or are you just making this up? No, I'm just saying what, what <laughs> this genre... Since Jordan Peele made Get Out, and his movies are more horror movies than this movie, I think. You know? 
like, don't know. Those I, especially. I think I'm just, I'm thinking I'm evolving with the idea of what a horror movie is. But this one fits. It's if you watch those three in a row, mm-hmm. you would get there there is a line between them all. And I'm not saying this isn't actually a Jordan Peele movie, it's just by the producers. Yeah, and there's the style, there's a specific kind of cinematic it's very style. Very well made. Very well made, movie. high quality, everything. Um looks beautiful you know what they even the most horrific moments are done in a way where you're caught you're juxtaposite juxtaposing is that is that a real <laughs> word <laughs> juxtapose juxta where you're juxtaposed between juxtaposed no where you put two things on top of each other that are opposites a beautiful sunset up against a person being horribly murdered right um there's a lot of that and it just bring it's very alive even though it's really full of tension like the whole time i'm just like uh, it isn't like a feel-good movie i mean there is no moment in the movie and well to be honest there actually was a moment there were moments i felt good and those were mostly the modern day triumphant moments where she was you know having dinner with her friends just Mm -hmm. even those moments were interspersed with like uh, the world's kind of shitty but you can still be yourself maybe this you know? is the thing, though. It's not about. It's not the whole world, is it? It's individual people. It is, but it it's kind of runs through the whole world, doesn't it? It's all over everywhere. True. That's what. But I mean, there were moments of like, oh well, you know, the character she's playing in the real world. You know, before she was captured. You know, she's a mother. She's a good wife. She's. Happy. An interesting she's whole very happy. person. She's a whole person. Yeah. She's got like a whole life. And where people say, oh, well, a character wasn't developed. I feel it really was developed within that middle part of the movie. Yeah, and they did it in a way where you didn't have to have somebody telegraphing you her whole life. You saw photos of her life. You saw her degrees on the wall. You have to, like, you use your... You saw how she, how they are as a family. Correct, unit. correct. You have to use your brain sometimes. I know it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> to... Um, but they they were happy, they, you know. Even a friend said when she's texting on the phone to her husband, "Oh, I didn't think you could be happy when you're married." Like, it's, yeah, and they were all grossed out, but her friends were like, "Oh, he's so perfect," and yeah. you know, yeah, it was but just the, a normal life. She had a exactly. life that got taken away, and um, just like anyone else in that situation. Yeah, so you know, I, I the twist worked for me as well because I was in the same uh, lane as you. My my record had gone into the groove and I was in the groove of this is her ancestor and we're going to learn mm. about her. I wasn't sure what groove we and were And then we're going to flash back to the uh, ancestor, you know, at the end or whatever and find out what really happened with that whole story. Mm. And that's how I thought the, I thought the, you know, plan of the film was that, which it actually is not. And some people might say, well, those twists like that are cheap. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I was cheaped by the twist. No, I agree. Sometimes you do, don't you? I think the village is actually one way you're going, oh, come on. Like, you know? <laughs> don't pick on the village. Come on. But you know what I mean? You, yeah. You, you you see you don't see it coming, and then it comes, and then you, in your mind, you're like, oh, did it? Is that good, or is that just really shitty? Like, but I didn't get the feeling of that from this <laughs> I think one. if you have to think about if something is good, it probably <laughs> isn't. Like, if you have to think about, is that joke funny? Probably yeah. it's not. So, and then, you know, the ending of this movie I thought was really powerful. The music, that music again, the music from the beginning with the uh, orchestra. 
and it's really kind of somber and mm-hmm. really and then you've got there's a slow motion sequence that which I read a lot of uh, reviewers say that is extremely hokey and they didn't like it. I didn't agree. I don't agree. Those with are them. reviewers though, right? People reviewing, they're a little more it's like asking a photographer to critique a photograph. They're going to look at it through a, a more technical lens, literally, but like through their brain than somebody who's who only really sees it through the lens of an emotional slash entertainment, if I should say that way. You know what I mean? Sometimes critiques and criticisms are from people who are a little more like in that world. Right. Because I don't fi- I find it's, it's making a point, so I get it. And I understand filmmaking. I'm not a filmmaker, but I und- I've seen enough film and I've actually watched enough behind the scenes and directors talking. And we know they do use these things to, uh, you know, emotionally, like, pull something out of you. And I think the, the combination of that music, her riding a horse in slow motion, and then it going from this Civil War thing to the... That shot where it goes, she's escaping from the Civil War reenactment um, museum slash Westworld for More racists. <laughs> museum for racists. <laughs> uh, Westworld for racists, I would call it. Oh my God. It. I, I mean, in fact, I'm actually, um, you know, when we, in this season of Westworld, where we learned about the other parks and they showed like, oh, there's the park that's kind of like Game of Thrones and that. I'm surprised there wasn't this park in Westworld because people are wankers, right? True. This park could have been a park in Westworld, and that could have been a season where it was like, oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I could have seen that happening, but obviously this is this went that way. But this scene where she's in slow motion at the end is very like powerful, I thought. And then it, she's riding a horse, and the Civil War reenactment people are firing the cannons and everything in the background. And then she's riding a horse, and then there's, like, people, regular people with cell phones and stuff, like today's people. And then there's, like, houses with, like, vote for um, mm-hmm. the villain of this movie, Eric Lang. Lang the uh, He plays this guy called Senator Denton. And he's, like, the villain of this movie, and the villain of this movie is somebody running for senator in the real <laughs> he's world. He's a politician. Go figure. Yes. But I mean that that scene where she's going across and you see his name on the billboard, and I thought it was pretty powerful. And then I would say to you, it feels like they only filmed that like three days ago. Cause, like that's the idea that, that's going around at the moment, you know? Mm, yeah. But this was filmed last year when riots had not happened and George had not happened and all that stuff had not happened yet. But it feels even more like pointed and. I, I got a bit choked up by the end of it. Aw. Um, you know, and... And then I address this, and I'll say this, it'll be controversial, but I even said before we started talking, we're both white people, right? So discussing this can be difficult. Not just difficult, like confronting, as in you're going to have a deep and difficult conversation either with another person who's white who disagrees with your point of view, or you're discussing it with the person of any color, particularly a black person on this particular subject, who fundamentally understands that you or I do not understand. Right. Like, 
people can use the argument, oh, well, you know what it's like to be a woman and get treated like a woman. Yes, I know that one, <laughs> right? You know, all the things in life that people will say, oh, yeah, but I get picked on because of this and I get picked on because of that. I get it. We understand those things. We do not understand this thing. No. And no matter what I say or how I approach it or how much, like, it sounds condescending and insulting to say, oh, I sympathize. I cannot empathize. Please tell me what more I can do to understand. I mean, it's no one's responsibility to inform me or to teach me or to bring me to a level of, like, some enlightenment or understanding. That's why it's so difficult. Like, I wouldn't be afraid of that conversation. But when you even start saying it these days, it's like you are just... It feels like a hole you cannot dig yourself or anyone out of, you know? Like, the understanding... Right. To be a person who is, like, not perpetuating the the worst part of racism or even... Well, it's all worst, but I mean, you know, to kind of dismiss it in a way where it's like, well, I get it. It's terrible. Let's all move on. Like, I would never have that position, but it can sound like that. And so it's a difficult subject. And that's why I like these movies, because, yes, it's going to piss a lot of people off. Yes, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it's so boring. It has no point. You even read somebody who said nothing happens or something. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, like... (laughs) And you, you can't said, say nothing happens in this movie. No, and like we said, it's very straightforward. It's to bring you into the idea that the idea of a, one human owning another and oppressing another isn't just something that happened a long time ago and we all just need to keep move on from it. We have to feel the actual... I don't even... I don't think there's a word for it. Like, there's no way to understand it. No. Or just move on. You have to be sort of like uh, soaked in it or something to and the way even the, come close. The way in the movie, in the middle part, where it's in the, you know, well, it's all in the modern day, but let me say that it's the middle part of the movie where she's in a regular life. And you keep seeing these small items of, you know, she goes to the concierge and the concierge gives her a snotty look gives her a snotty look and they go in the restaurant and they say you know they're about to order some drinks and the guys immediately like recommending the lower price drinks yep you know there's these things that uh, i was going to say they're subtle but they're not subtle but there's a bunch of these things that keep and you're like you know about the the rippling of the idea that you're inferior people didn't haven't moved on correct or like we there's an understanding that you are you are now defined by this set of things that I've been taught for the last however many of my life and hundreds of years that you are just ever so slightly less than me. Mm-hmm. And isn't it cute that now I'm using that against you to just kind of keep you in your place? You know, that's how it feels. So overall, the... Uh, We're getting really deep here. Yeah. Let's go on to the cast and then we'll uh, do the movie score. So... Uh, Janelle Monet plays Eden. Well, she's called Eden. She's got two different names, right? Her name that they give her, as if you've watched Roots, you know that's one of the most offensive things ever is to take away someone's name. So Eden is the name they give her. Yeah. And uh, Janelle Monet is a primarily a musical artist, but she went crossed over into the movie thing with. Uh, she was in Moonlight. She's been in, you know, the movie about the ladies at NASA. Mm-hmm. That won the Oscar. She was in that movie. 
I don't remember the name of that movie. Um, I think she's fantastic in she's this. She's really good. She's um, everything, isn't she? She's like a really, like, you know. She goes all in. Good leading lady. Like, she's, she you, she feels like she's got a presence about her. Like, it's, even when she's in the, mo- the I keep saying modern day scenes. When she's in those <laughs> yeah. scenes, you know, she feels like, it feels like a person and it's, she's, I think she's actually a really good actress. I agree. And, you know, the the parts... She doesn't really... let it go. No. Like, there's... It's not... Like, the movie can feel a little theatrical at times, but, I mean, the nature of it is it's very severe, and we have the element of an enactment inside of the story, so you can attribute some of it to that, you know, the overacting of some of the men in the place because they get to be this horrible... I mean, they are horrible... And now they get to be it, right? So it's a bit overly theatrical. Well, the layer on the layer that makes that work once you find out the twist is they are acting they're, exactly. They're they're bloody stockbrokers during the day. Exactly. And That's when I thought about the Westworld <laughs> thing. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then they have to come here, and then they live out their racist fantasy, which makes you want know. to throw up. Yeah, it really does. It actually. Oh, I felt sick this whole movie. I and I don't ever say that. I felt actually like. Like, I don't even, I can't. But not not like I want to turn this movie off. No. Not like, I mean, I just want to know what this is and what's. Well, what. I'm confrontational, so I can take the, <laughs> I can take it. I'm like, yeah, bring it on. I want to see what what's in store, you know. And this movie, you know, like, I've just, I've seen reviews, re- like, all over where I was just looking them. People say, oh, it's just boring. Nothing happens. I just turned it off. I've seen people who turned it off before the twist even happened. So they just thought it was a slave movie that they've seen before. Like, oh, I've seen Roots, so why do I need to see this? But that's like saying, I've seen a comedy. It is oh, this exactly. movie's funny, so I'm going to turn it off. Yes. That's a bunch of bullshit. When people just, say that... It, they it, don't want to be confronted with this I, particular idea. I saw a YouTube reviewer guy reviewing this movie saying he wasn't that keen on it and he doesn't need to see. I know that slaves were tortured and stuff. I don't need to see it. But if I sit down and watch like a fucking, you know, whatever. Yeah. Transporter and... Or Saul, John, or something like that. Yeah, John, <laughs> John Wick, and all that, over and over and over. But something that makes you actually like. I and somebody know. says, like, I know slavery happened. I don't need to see any of it. That sounds like you're. I don't know what it is. Or something, right? <laughs> like I don't need like, to see any of it. I just want to move I, on. I can get on board with one part of that. That if you watch movies just to escape reality. So right. some people really only watch science fiction, romantic comedies, Hallmark movies, you know, even religious based movies because if they sit down to watch a movie or a TV show, they're just doing it to escape. Don't want to be challenged. Correct. And that's fine. That's I mean, I'm not giving you permission. You don't need my permission, but that's a that's one set of people. But if you're going to claim just this one particular thing, the violence, I know it existed, eye-rolling, I don't need to see it, but you'll turn around and watch maybe a movie about the same topic, but from a different point of view, that's when you become the hypocrite. Um, Jenna Malone plays Elizabeth. Um, She really, you know, again, once you know the twist and you realize... The person is. I mean, she's always horrible. She was horrible from the moment we met her. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm almost talking like about she could... is the hamming it up kind of like. Yeah. She's like, you know, like gone with the wind accent. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, 
it comes across at first it came across to me like oh she's trying a bit too hard to um but she's really getting off on it i she's think she's getting off yeah, this woman we're saying okay we meet her in the quote unquote modern world as a person who's basically going to interview our leading lady at some point or talk to her or something we i'm not sure cuz she says are you a headhunter yeah. on a zoom call and she's like yes <laughs> That's exactly what I am. And she's one of those rude people who keeps looking away all the time. She's not actually looking at the camera while she's talking to her, which I which, always um, find rude. Which really reminded me of the Hillary Swank character in The Hunt. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's Very dismissive. Yeah. yeah. And then we meet her on the plantation in the quote-unquote past, and she's just a vile, vicious bitch. Yeah. She's a horrible human being. And I think <laughs> I really liked her in this. I thought... You didn't I mean, like her character. No, but I think she... <laughs> at first I thought, oh, she's going a bit overboard. Everybody else is uh, taking this kind of... And she's like coming across as though she's seen... Cartoony or something. She, yeah, she's seen these old movies one too many times and she's trying to impersonate it. But then afterwards you realize oh, she is kind of trying to be that. Yeah, exactly. She's loving it. <laughs> she's disgusting. So that's where this movie has like these layers of like, if you've seen the first 40 minutes and turned it off, you haven't actually seen the whole... Correct. You don't understand what was going on. Um, Eric Lange plays Senator Denton. He's the male villain here. Whereas Jenna Malone's the female one. And we think, even though it's not confirmed, that we don't assume that she's his daughter it seems like it because she, she says talks about a daddy the horrible woman yeah not our leading lady says jenna malone yeah that daddy did all this and he's you know yeah i he mean he had to have you or whatever she said yeah this um whole plantation slash uh, civil war reenactment encampment and i think he is because he kissed her hand yes. on the plantation Sort of a weird daddy kisses your and hand. And it's called, away. the actual place is called um, Antebellum. The, the, the yeah. place. So um, so what did you think of him as the baddie? Uh, he was vile. So he did a good job. Because I wanted to kill him myself. <laughs> I wanted to kill him like the second he came on the screen. Yeah. He was really I don't know. I'm not Miss Nicey Nice and like the world needs to have peace and quiet and, or peace and everybody should get along and we have to excuse people for all their horrible deeds and all that shit. No. If I encountered a person like this who was real, if and there was a scenario, I would think this person doesn't need to exist anymore. And right. that's how I felt about him and everyone else on there. <laughs> everyone else there involved. And here's a character, um, Gabri Sidderby, who played Precious in that movie Precious, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays Dawn, who's her friend. And the other two, uh, I know, you know, Oz and um, Get Out, they had like a comedic relief character in them. Yeah, both kind of, them. of. And she kind of almost fits that in this because she has a lot of funny lines. And she's just there, you know, she's the friend. She's, she's like friend. an exaggerated, I call it like an Instagram character. You know, yeah, she's got to do the selfie. She's, but she's very forthright. Yeah. She's the one who in the restaurant insists without any apology. We're, you're not sitting us next to the shitty, like the wait station where they dump all the plates and stuff. They put them back there. She's like, nope, we're not sitting there. Thank you. And yeah. then moves to another table, which we all want to be that in the face of someone being a complete ass. Right. So I liked her. 
But a lot for that. But she was, was a bit saying, cartoony. Yeah, when I was saying this movie fits with those other two movies, those other two movies have that cartoonish character. They they both do. Is it a cartoon character, I guess, or is it the voice of, like, the truth, but presented in a way where you can kind of, like... I mean, you might need a little bit of, like, like levity at this point in the movie because you've just been through 40 minutes of hell. But she's actually delivering very heavy stuff. Yeah, there is some heavy stuff yeah. too. But then there's also some funny stuff where she's like, you know, I've paid $72 for these two Starbucks. True. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. there is funny like dialogue from her. I, I liked her in it. I thought she was really good. Uh, this is directed, and believe it or not, this is like the first time these two guys have not directed a movie before, which is hard to believe when you're watching it, right? I mean, they're in a good... Uh, collection of people. But it doesn't feel like a first-time movie to me. No, but I'm saying they're in a group of people and with companies and with producers and people who around them. You know what I mean? They're right. not just like taking on the so, the mantle of it themselves. So the director is Jared Bush and Christopher Renz, the two directors. Uh, and, the, you know, normally I wouldn't say this, but one guy is African-American and one guy is a white guy. Right? Mm-hmm. So... That was one of the things I was thinking. Who wrote and who came up with this idea? And it's from both sides of the... The, the African-American director, which I believe is Gerard Bush... Uh, had a bad a, dream once. He had a bad dream and woke up from it and wrote it down. And it was pretty much what she wakes up from. Like uh, being know. enslaved, but in the modern world. Right. And uh, he wrote that down and then the, um, he developed it with this other guy into a full thing. So... Um, that's an interesting way to come about to come mm-hmm. about your story. Well, um, I think a lot of like a lot of stories come around that way. His is more based in reality, and it sounds like like it's hardwired, isn't it? Some things that we fear and think about and weigh on our minds they come in our dreams. Yeah, well, I thought this was directed well, and they also had a cinematographer who I was looking at uh, the cinematographer here. Um, he, you know, they. They're not the cinematographers, they're the writers. So, who is the cinematographer, did you notice? No. Um, IMDb um, is very difficult to find if you want it quick. Oh, here we go. Cinematography by Pedro Luiki. Do you know him? No. He also did the movie Don't Breathe, which we watched. Yep. Yeah. He did... um, He did a bunch of stuff, actually. That I don't know. <laughs> um, mm, no, a lot of um, Spanish movies, I guess. Oh, the ABCs of Death segment E. <laughs> we watched that movie. We did, but I don't remember that one. I think it's it was beautifully shot. It was like functional, but also artistic. Yeah, it's definitely. A good combination. It, it does elevate it slightly. It doesn't feel like at first. I was like, no, she'll. I was thinking it was a horror movie, and then I was like, hold on, this seems well, too well made for something like that. No, you're being very judgmental about horror movies. There are some very nice looking horror movies in the world. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So, um, that is the, uh... I'm here to stand up for the little guy. Don't insult them horror movies. IMDb reviews. These are the people on IMDb. This movie came out yesterday, so there's not... Well, there's actually quite a lot of reviews. That means that it got either people's backs up or they loved it. <laughs> yeah. But these are the people who don't like it. So um, let's see what they said. Okay, great. Great. First guy said, 
don't waste your time. I stopped watching this after the heavyset character came in and opened her mouth. We yeah, uh, we don't want any heavyset characters. Yeah. Is he talking? Does he not like her because she's overweight, or does he not like her because of what she says? <laughs> I get, I don't understand the, this comment. The, the thing that baffles me about that whole comment is this movie. That is what he got his back up, <laughs> right? <laughs> 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 this very conscientious. Nothing to do with anything else. No race issue. No nothing. Just right. The heavy set character. Okay, so uh, the second person says another movie to make everyone blame and hate white people. Of course. Like we don't have enough of that going on. Hollywood's run by leftist propaganda, propagandarist commies that want to keep everyone living in the past. Fantastic. I mean, hey, you know, you do you, man. Um, this person says, truly horrible concept. Can't believe I wasted one and a half hours of my life. My whole life. This movie sums up 2020. And finally, don't watch it. It's very boring. <laughs> I okay. thought it was a horror movie. I'm I'm more than half an hour in, and I can't see any horror about it. And you're, what are you going on IMDb while you're watching it? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? This and the final. No, this person is a very bad movie. Waste of money. How stupid was the ending? Mm. You tell us. All right. Why so, do um, you think that? I'm going to give this movie an eight out of ten. Dang. I really liked it. I, I you know, it's. It's touchy. I like things like that, though. I like... That's what I was saying about A24. This isn't A24. It's actually Lionsgate. But, you know, some studios might not touch this movie because they're like, "Uh, Disney wouldn't touch this movie. No. You know what I'm saying? Would you want Disney to? No. But I like like that somebody... You know, there are voices out there that are saying things. And I think this movie operates on different levels. I think it's... You know, it's a thriller, it's a slave-type movie, it's a political commentary, it's a like a Twilight Zone episode or a Black Mirror episode. When you Mirror say slave-type movie, what are you saying? Like an enlightening type of a story that brings the plight of slavery... Well, no, I don't, because I don't... It's, it's, it's truncated, isn't it, the slavery part of it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like watching Roots or other slave. What are other movies that deal about slavery? Twelve Years a Slave. Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, where they take this more is. I mean, this doesn't further that. But isn't it more just about humanity, man versus man type of a story, and and slavery is the weapon used by one human against another? Yeah, I just think it. I think this is a a lot of things going on in this movie. You'll definitely. I don't think you'll forget this movie. I think it's saying something. Okay. Some people are, I think it's saying a very specific thing. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's it very, is heavy-handed, but that is the nature of it. Yeah, I think so. And that's a lot of people have complained too heavy-handed and it's too pointed and it's too of today. But, I mean, it's a movie that came out this week. Like, How is it too of today? That's what, what that Roger Ebert lady said, hmm. that it was too on the nose. Like, it, you, you know, it's, te- it's telling the story of today and... I don't know why that's a bad thing. Right. I mean, well, you could then have to say that about every movie that highlighted domestic violence from like the 70s and 80s. That was a very heavy genre and it was bringing to light a more awareness of domestic violence, right? Marital rape and women getting out of terrible situations. So should they not make those movies? 
I guess not, you know what I'm not in that person's opinion. <laughs> well, she's wrong. So what's your score? I give it a score. I'm going to give it, because of the way it looks, and it kept me captivated the entire time and feeling absolutely just everything. Appreciating the movie, appreciating the performance, appreciating this feeling of uncomfortable humanness. Um, I'm going to give it a nine. All right. Nice. I, it has to be something that I, I don't know what would get a ten. I don't know if I've given tens much, but it's close. I just think because you've given some tens. it's everything, you know. And I can't. The only thing is, um, it's not entertaining to me. It is just digging at me, and which I, don't know I actually it is entertaining. In as far as you just said, I couldn't take my eyes off it. I want true. To know what I mean, happened. it's captivating, yeah. but it's not entertaining. I mean, it's not like, like I say, it's heavy. Yeah. But still, heavy can also be entertaining, I think. Sometimes you're like, and you know. I don't know if it's entertaining, though. It's just, it's occupying my mind in a way. It's stimulating my brain. I think we just have different ideas of what entertainment is. Hmm, yeah, must have. Yeah, we must have. Um, but yeah, you're right. I was um, like, I wanted to know what happened next all the time. Like, I was like, no, I'm not. You know, some movies you might be like, oh. I think I get get this completely, but I didn't really get this until the final frame properly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And that was cool. I liked it. So, um, yeah, that's Antibalum. Um, it's actually out on VOD. You can rent it right now. So um, there, there are no extras or anything like that because it's just a rental. So uh, when the Blu-ray comes out, I'll be able to tell you about the extras. So, um recommendations i am going off the back of this movie i'm going to recommend you the hunt which we reviewed earlier this year and another movie starring well not starring but she's in it janelle monet and that is a uh, moonlight which was the oscar winner mm-hmm. of that particular yeah. year well, well not for like two minutes wasn't, <laughs> <and it> was. <laughs> that was the year that they said the wrong winning movie it was La La Land, and then all of a sudden it wasn't, and it was... That's you know. so crazy. Yeah. And you know what? I couldn't... I just can't think of recommendations this week. It's blank because I was trying, but I don't know. Nothing comes to mind all right. at all. Just that, you know, anything that can conf- confront you and make you think about something, but then you, know, you don't know till you watch it. So I don't even know on this one. All right, I'll let you off the hook, but just this once. Thanks. <laughs> well, thanks. All right. So, um, a scully stuff. I've been playing more of the Avengers uh, for a triple A, um, you know, Marvel based game. Uh, Sid talk. It's the buggiest game I've ever played. <laughs> there was a there was a time it's, this week you didn't see it, but I was playing as Ms. Marvel, and she disappeared completely. But her eyeballs and her tongue which are obviously modeled inside a head. That was all that existed for a whole level. So I was just her eyeballs and a tongue running around. <laughs> it was very weird. That's hilarious. Yeah. And I've seen so many bugs in the game. Like, there was a, you walk in this room and then you have to fight, like, waves of enemies. And I fought all the waves of enemies and then, it, then it, there was no more enemies. And we're locked in this room. And I'm like... Is what do I do now? I I can't get out of the room. I fought all the enemies. What more do you want from me? <laughs> so I went up to the door where the door is to get out, and there was an enemy on the other side of the locked door. 
because you could it, it was kind of clipping through the wall so what I had to do to finish the level was stand at the door and hit the door multiple times until it eventually whittled him down goodness so that shouldn't happen there was a time where I ran into a room and it, it showed a cutscene and said you've got to kill all these enemies and then the cutscene ended and then there was no enemies they were just <laughs> not there <laughs> So it's like, you know, there's a lot of that, which is real janky. And this is like a AAA. It's The Avengers by Marvel. It's made by Crystal Dynamics, the people who made the Tomb Raider games. And it's just so buggy. I can't believe that they put it out in this state. I can usually, like, forgive, like, a couple of bugs. But every time I play it, there's a bug like that. Something. Um, but they did a big patch yesterday. And after the patch, it I have to say, it did play much smoother so um, maybe that has fixed things. I'll let you know. Another game I've been playing this week is Fall Guys on the PC. You've seen a bit of this, Sid Talk? Yeah. So what do you think of Fall Guys? It's cute. It's like um, it's a Battle Royale style thing, but it's not about Explain shooting. Explain what Battle Royale is. Like they throw a load of people into an arena and the last one survives. The last one. But this isn't shooting each other. This is an obstacle course. If you've seen those TV shows like Wipeout, where they run across big foam... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's obstacles to get through. You're basically running from one end to the other. And there's loads of little mini games like, you know, capture the eggs. There's a bun- there's a whole bunch of eggs in the middle of the level. You've got to run and get the eggs and put them in your basket. So it's kind of like those old, you know, TV shows where it's like team games and everybody's in funny costumes. But there's 60 of you and you're all running and it, it's kind of chaos. I really like it. It's kind of cool. It looks cool. I said to you, I think it's going to be like one the next phenomenon type game like Fortnite was. Right. Because it's got all the elements. Like it's fun to play. It's unique. It's kind of got loads of different things. And it's, you know, family friendly. Kids can play it. There's no shooting. It's uh, fun. Fall Guys. It's on Steam. And uh, the other thing, we've watched another few episodes of Raised by Wolves. Are you still liking it? Uh, yeah. Very good. It's really good. Yeah. It's one of those, it's weird and it's wacky and it's like, oh it's, yeah, bring on good. bring on the creative science fiction ideas. I love it. HBO Max, Raised by Wolves. It's Ridley Scott. He directed the first two episodes. His son directed the rest of them. It's by the Scott Free Productions people. So if you like Ridley Scott, it's sci-fi and it's Ridley Scott. What's for dinner? What do you want? I want uh, one of those impossible burgers made by Burger King, but I'm not. What are you a shill? (laughs) (laughs) You just say it right out there like that. All right, then that's what Burger King's impossible whopper. Then that's what we'll have. And what is your advice? Um, kind of goes along with this. I thought you were going to say I've gotten on like I have no movie recommendations. No, I mean it's not really advice. So not technically, but I just find. And maybe it's just because I'm older and people have always been this way, but it feels like right now, in time, people are afraid to be have no answer to questions or to be confused or to be like question things that they don't maybe understand or I don't know. I mean, I'm not a religious person at all, so I don't have any faith or gods or anything like that. So I never have this challenge of um, wondering about things i don't know how to describe that but i'm not confused about what this life is for me it doesn't confuse me or scare me um 
But I can understand people who are like, well, what'll happen when I die? And what's the meaning of my whole life? And why did this happen in my life? And then when you try to answer their questions, like, well, your wife divorced you because you drank too much, maybe? Or something like that? No, 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 that isn't it. God has a plan for me, or something else is happening. They don't actually want to route to the actual problem. Do you, Does any of this sound like I'm going in a straight line here? People don't want to confront answers to questions that they have or to find out things. And it's actually okay to be confused and like completely lost and to say, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. Like, I don't know how to cope with racism. I personally do not. I'm, you know, white person in the world where I am, middle America. I have no idea. I don't, I don't side with anyone which could feel very confusing and scary for some people. Like they want to get on a team, right? They want to be on the team that says racism is bad and walk in the streets and declare that everyone who even talks about it in any particular way is, you know, not woke and bad and part of the problem. And then there's the people over there who are like, no, you know, there are there is a difference in the races and look how much trouble that race has caused and look how much trouble that race has caused. And they want to put their feet firmly in a thing so they're not having to be confused or unsure of anything, right? Because those are big things to think about. That's true. And sometimes when you break out of that, right? If everyone broke out of that and just started going, okay, what? it's <laughs> a very simple question. What can I do? What can I do in the time that I have, in this life that I'm living, in my behaviors, the things I say, the things I do, the things I buy, all that stuff that can make things better. That's it. It's a very simple question. If that means you're going to say, well, to make this better, you might have to do this that makes you uncomfortable. Like don't purchase these items or don't go see these movies maybe and don't support this particular company or whatever. Those are all, it's difficult. It's difficult to navigate, right? But if you're willing to listen and think about it, make changes or confront all the things that to make things better. I think that's really the bottom line. And to get there, you have to let go of some of your certainty. Like your, you know, well, like your firm ground that you stand on. Well, I'm absolutely, this is what I think. But do you really? Because, I don't know. Well, Does well any said. of that, is it, oh, that was not well said at all. Well, it's I was, just, I was making fun of you. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I just think, I don't think my brain works in a way. I mean, I have very set ideas about some things, right? However, you can almost present me with an idea that I'm already 100% behind in my opinion. And I will still say to you, yeah, but (laughs) what about that other thing? What about the other opinion? Because maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe I'm not getting all the information and it can be scary And you can feel like an idiot and you can feel like you're part of a problem, like you're contributing to something terrible when you may not be. You just have to bulldoze into it and learn a little bit more and dig deep. Now, if you end up coming to the same conclusion that you had before and you're now like, I'm no, I'm not confused. This is actually what I think. Well, that's fair. But maybe plow through the forest of confusion sometimes and you might find a different way. All right, so... There's uh, the advice right there. Eloquent. AceGully.com is our <laughs> website. 
Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are the social media sites we're on. If you want to see me learning how to can food, there you go. Go on my Instagram. The podcast is on Google Play, iTunes Music Store, Spotify, RSS feed. You can ask your smart device to play the After the Show movie podcast on TuneIn. It'll play you the latest episode. Email feedback to me at Don't email SidTalk. She uh, thinks you all suck. I do not. I'm finally... Only some. Only some. Only some. <laughs> um, stay classy. Everything about this movie. <laughs> I think it was a pretty classily made movie. I, I agree. As a good, And I don't think it is trash like people are saying in those stupid reviews. I agree with you. I don't know if they're stupid, but they're not our point of view. Stupid. And I, I will say, <laughs> think for yourself or someone will do it for you. 